0: All right. All right. So we are live. Hello, everyone. This is Danny Haifong, and you are tuning in to a special episode of The Left Lens today. Uh, we have a very special guest to celebrate the Black radical tradition, and I'm just going to kick it to, of course, my lovely co-host Margaret Kimberly, who will introduce our special guest. All right,
1: thank you, Danny. Um, you know, we we have we know the expression of um, a man who needs no introduction, and I feel like uh, that's what we can say about Cornell West, a professor at uh, uh, Harvard Divinity School, a best-selling author. Uh, but I, the thing I want to say most about Dr. West is that he's a man of the people. That, uh, to me, is the highest compliment. He is always he always goes out of his way to be with the people. Uh, at Black Agenda Report, he was an early friend and supporter. We had a, our first fundraiser back in 2012 at Riverside Church. I don't know if you remember. It was that I long do, ago. I do. And uh, uh, he was generous enough to join us. And he has that generosity when, um, uh, when it comes to politics and to helping people understand politics and understand what's going on, which is so important. Uh, when there's so much uh, heat and so very little light, so welcome uh, Cornell West. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: Well, I am deeply blessed, and I just want to salute both of you. All you hold up the tear-soaked, blood-stained banner of Black radicalism, truth-telling, and justice-seeking, still with a smile on your face and with style. And you know, of course, I take a bullet for Brother Glenn. Yes oh he is my dear brother glenn Ford. he's one of the great great voices of our time in terms of keeping track of the wretched of the earth we miss brother bruce yes oh, yes we brother. do bruce, this, what what, a, what what courage what vision but sister Nellie, of course went to jail together i could go on and on but the black agenda report when the history is 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 written and pen is put to paper People say, well, who kept alive the legacy of W.B. Du Bois and C.L.R. James? Who really tried to keep alive the legacy of Victoria Garvin and Claudia Jones? Empire, predatory capitalism, patriarchy, telling the truth about class struggle, telling the truth in relation to class struggle with white supremacy, male supremacy, homophobia, and so forth. They had to go back to Black Agenda Report. Brother Danny, Sister Margaret, and the cacophony of voices, really. And so I, uh, I learned so much from uh, what you all say and do, and you represent so much of the best. And even when we have our debates back and forth, <laughs> I'm always learning from you. always, you know, trying to build on the best of what you have to offer. And even on issues of God talking, religion, and so, you know, I'm tied to Jesus, y'all tied to justice. We got deep, deep overlap anyway, and it's a beautiful thing.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And there is there is a lot of, of overlap. And uh, I think your concern, dare I say, your love for the for humanity, I think, is something that you share with us, regardless of uh, any uh, other debates we have in. Debate is good. Struggle is good.
2: That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's indeed, good. indeed.
1: So uh, we're we're coming together in uh, just a few weeks. After a new president took office uh, just a few weeks ago, Joe Biden became uh, 46th president. Kamala Harris is vice president, historic first woman, first person of color. But um, we've been through this before the, the first, the first black fill in the blank. Specifically, we've had a black president, not just a vice president. And having lived through this already, What what are you thinking about now? As uh, this is something it's it's worthy of mention. That's certainly true. But um, what are your observations about this moment, about uh, the vice president and president, and where we find ourselves now?
2: You know, for me, my dear sister, it's always a matter of trying to keep clear uh, the moral and spiritual lens through which I keep track of a decaying empire Mm -hmm. of the organized greed that connects wall street to pentagon that connects wall street to its political extensions of the politicians in congress and always highlighting the forms of resilience and resistance from those below in the hood, in the barrio, on the reservation, uh, um, uh, uh, anywhere you find poor and working people, whatever color. So there's always a matter of keeping track of the systems that are operating, the structures of domination, and keeping track of the forms of resilience and resistance to those systems. And so the question of, you know, what skin color the politicians are, what skin color the CEOs are, what skin color the professors are, it's always a question of by your fruits you shall know them to get biblical. What kind of deeds are they engaged in? What stances are they taking? Who are they in solidarity with? That to me is always what it means to try to look at the world through moral and spiritual lens. And for me, it just means looking at the world through the lens of the cross you know looking at the world through the lens of one who was uh killed as a political criminal for the crime of sedition by the largest empire of the day the roman empire and so when you run out money changes the way jesus did you see that's like running out the elites in wall street hollywood
1: mm-hmm.
2: white house congress <laughs> pentagon and harvard yale princeton I know my brother's from cambridge god bless your cambridge connection <laughs> but and it's not individuals we're talking about the dominant tendencies within these classes but mm-hmm. you're not demonizing individuals at all you're just keeping track of the dominant tendencies which are those of lack of accountability greed contempt toward poor people indifference toward the suffering of the vulnerable those are evils to me mm-hmm. and uh, um, and the various manifestations of it Pentagon militarism, dropping bombs and drones—all the crimes against humanity. No matter what color uh, the head of the Pentagon he is, no matter what color the president he is, or the vice president, or what have you.
0: Right. And Dr. West, you're a student of the Black radical tradition of, of history in general, and it's quite apparent that. <laughs> what has happened, what happened during the Obama years, which was a very lonely time, as we say, a black agenda report for <laughs> uh, the left. But I felt inspired and buoyed up by yeah. you all. I can yeah. tell you that. It, it, it did get lonely for a while it for did. A while. Right
2: there telling it, the truth. Now you've been vindicated. You've been yeah. Yes. That. You've been vindicated.
0: Which is true. And now we're kind of I feel like experiencing a 2.0, almost a a renaissance of a very similar phenomenon. And of course, Donald Trump's administration was an utter disaster in so many ways. But now we are entering a new period of Democratic Party administration. And it seems like a lot of the same kind of uh, politics are being spread where, you know, it's about what is the race of the Secretary of Defense or the Vice President rather than the policies. And so, you know, what what right now, it's Black History Month, uh, the Black radical tradition is so important for those who are really indebted and committed to justice and peace. Uh, so what would you say is forgotten when the politics uh, of today in the United States hyper-focus on what is the character, let's say, of Kamala Harris, what is her background rather than you know, what is the structural issues at what are the structural issues at play?
2: Well, part of it is I just think it's crucial to begin with the notion that any identity, racial identity, gender identity, national identity, if it's not grounded in a moral and spiritual integrity that is in fundamental solidarity with poor people around the world, then it's a middle class project. And you're just weaponizing your race gender, sexual orientation to be included within the professional managerial class and act as if your presence in the class hierarchy, your presence in the imperial hierarchy is some great breakthrough that's gonna put a smile on Malcolm X's face. And I say, get off the crack pipe. Mm -hmm. Get off the crack pipe. Same is true with Martin. It ain't gonna put a smile on Martin's face that you end up with a black president, a black vice president, if you're not in solidarity with the people Martin died for. The sanitation workers, those in Vietnam that had to deal with U.S. imperial bombs and so forth, you see. So this is what happens when you flatten out the moral and spiritual content. Then it's just careerism. Then it's just opportunism. And then the lies begin. You You start lying about yourself, start lying. Well, black progress is really a matter of trying to make our way up the imperial hierarchy, make our way up in the class hierarchy. It just becomes more colorful. But the suffering still remains. The suffering actually is hidden and concealed so it becomes a justification of a- attacking Black poor and Black working people because you got Black middle class and the Black elites at the top acting as if their condition is a measure of progress for the Black community. And see, that's the lies we have to continually disclose and reveal. And that's the best of our tradition. Yes.
1: That's
2: exactly what Fannie Lou Hamer was teaching us, don't fall for those lies. That's what Ida B. Wells was teaching us. Don't fall for this rendering invisible of the plight of the black poor and working class as the black bourgeoisie break dances to Martha's Vineyard. That's not what the struggle's about. You see what I mean? And uh, it has to always already be global, connected to the local but it's got to have a, an integrity to it. It's got to have a consistency to it. It's got to have a, a constancy to it. So you can make the right kinds of connections of peasants in Brazil and uh, Palestinians in Israeli occupation, Jews who might be hated in France or Russia. You have a moral and spiritual criteria that renders a consistency across the board, anybody who's dealing with domination, occupation, subjugation, degradation across the board.
1: You know, it's it's interesting, you mentioned solidarity and being in solidarity with oppressed people, but we live in a system um, that uh, not only does not encourage, but discourages solidarity. Because at the top, uh, the system functions to continue oppressing people. And, uh, as we struggle, as we figure out how to move forward, uh, and we have this electoral system that is antagonistic to the needs of the people. And, uh, it's a big question. And I think everybody struggles with it. Um, this is the system we have. We don't wanna just uh, go along to get along. We don't wanna right. say, oh, well, this is the best we're gonna get. Um, but unfortunately, that happens all too often. Don't don't be a spoiler. Now with Trump, it's, well, do you want Trump? So any question, any critique is greeted that way. Uh, but we're left with this system that's antagonistic to the needs of the people. What, what are your thoughts on how we, uh how we organize and how we struggle um in this uh political and economic system that is built to um uh to hurt us
2: yeah i mean we have to acknowledge our um, relative defeat uh the vicious repressive apparatus of the u.s nation state resulted in assassination and incarceration of many of the great freedom warriors of the 1960s. I know you got the new film out with brother Fred Hampton. We'll never forget him, Bobby Hutton, the same way. Uh, so many of the um, uh, of the great freedom from Mumia Abu-Jamal incarcerated, Sundiata, we can go, brother H. Rap Brown, now Iman I mean, so many, Asada, Shakur, we can go on and on and on. These were the real ones who were willing to give everything. You know, they were the political equivalents of Nina Simone and Donny Hathaway and John Coltrane. They gave everything. They kenosis, they emptied themselves out of love for the people. But the political equivalent, when you do that, In a white supremacist predatory capitalist project with its imperial tentacles the repression will come at you tooth and nail by gangsters like j edgar Hoover and those around him and that's precisely what 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 we got so we have to acknowledge that relative defeat and then the bounce back now you see black agenda report for me happens to be one of the cacophony of voices that is rooted in The service and sacrifices of those who were for real. Mm -hmm. And no posing, no posturing, truth telling. They say, Well, you tell that kind of truth, you're not gonna be popular. We ain't in this for popularity, we in this for integrity and empowering the people, and we ain't gonna tell the people no lies, even if they're not ready for it. We're not gonna tell a little lie, like like Cabral. Tell the people no lie. Now, nobody has full access to the truth because we're human beings, but we're gonna speak. From the vantage point of the suffering and the resistance of poor people. Now it means then that, and this is the most difficult thing, you have to be critical not just of the neoliberal elites in high places, not just the imperial elites coming out of Pentagon, but you have to be critical of the black bourgeoisie. Hmm that's a difficult thing. Even the popularity these days of our dear brother James Baldwin, who I love very dearly. And I used used to see him right there in the club with McHale's, you know, and he's a genius beyond genius. But even James Baldwin, one of the reasons why he is so popular these days is because his critique of the black bourgeoisie was not a sustained one. Mm -hmm. And so, The black middle classes can appropriate him in the name of anti blackness and critiques of racism and critiques of of homophobia and what have you, because he didn't sustain his critique of the black bourgeoisie. But this particular Obama post Obama moment requires fundamental targeting of the greed, of the accommodation, of the adjusting to an unjust status quo of the black bourgeoisie, because they engage in what y'all rightly call misleadership and so that was one reason why you all is the vanguard one of the very very few because in an obama moment the last thing any black person wants to hear is a critique of black success the people are desperate the people are suffering Mm -hmm. the people are overcome by despair they finally get success and you say hey the struggle for freedom ain't about the black success of black neo-neoliberal politicians who drop drones and bombs on people who bail out Wall Street. You all know the story, so you had to tell the truth. But that has to be sustained. That's the, that's got to become the common sense of everyday people. You see, and so you had to say it over and over and over again. So people got tired of me saying it. Oh, here come West. You <laughs> just hates Obama. No, no, I hate wall street greed i hate pentagon bombs and, and drones that's what i hate he just happened to be connected to it i'd say the same thing if he was black white indigenous asian or whatever you know what i mean it's a moral and spiritual thing all the way down and that's and that's what we share in terms of our internationalism that's what we share in terms of our understandings of predatory capitalism and so forth and uh, uh Uh, And I think this moment does have some impact because my travels, and I just had a long dialogue today with some young brothers and sisters, more of the young generation understand what we were talking about in a deep way. Not just in the Black Lives Matter movement and all of their various diverse heterogeneous voices, but even on the block who are unorganized. Brother West, I used to hate your guts until I saw what you were talking about Give me a hug, brother. I appreciate you, man. I said, man, you pray with you. If you're religious, pray for me. If not, we just thinking good thoughts because we're going to be in this until the worms get our bodies. Goddamn. We come from a great people with a great tradition. That's what we're going to be true to. You see, this ain't no utilitarian calculation. Try and see what's going to work because if you push structural change too much, you're going to backfire. Blah, blah. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. We're going to be uncompromising in our truth-telling but we still acknowledge we got to get some concessions. And this is very much what, you know, electoral politics is all about. Mm-hmm. You got to get concessions from the ruling class. So we push with Bernie for Medicare for all. That ain't revolution,
1: no.
2: but it's a major concession to decommodify one sixth of the economy to make sure that precious human beings have access to healthcare. So a social democratic project, pushing it as far as you can do and then trying to break the back of the uh, the two-party system.
0: All right. Uh, you know, I want to talk about internationalism. But before I do that, I just want to say that if you're watching this stream, like it, share it. We have to say it because these platforms <laughs> oh, no, aren't always indeed. the friendliest. So like, share, indeed. subscribe. And you all yeah. send me
2: the link, and I'll put it on my uh Facebook and, uh, and Twitter too.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. We'll definitely Thank do you. that. Absolutely. We'll definitely send it in along, but the Bruce, yes, rest in power to Bruce Love Dixon. That, Bruce. We miss him so much taught me a lot. Uh, in the spirit of Bruce too. Uh, you know what you were saying <clears> made, <throat> made me think about how, I mean, part of my own political process was, uh, a deep exploration of the Black radical tradition's internationalist roots and how there is this intentional, and we're seeing it right now during Black History Month, during a new administration, a Democratic Party administration, there's a deep repression of the internationalist roots of the Black radical tradition. We had Cory Booker recently, Cory Booker, a top privatizer, someone who Mm. uh, is is deep-pocketed with uh, the... Uh, Israeli government. He uh, posted a tweet, retweeting a quote from Fred Hampton that completely left out. He talked about you can't fight racism with more racism, but with solidarity. But the rest of the quote talked about how you can't fight capitalism with more capitalism, you fight it with socialism. But when it comes to the Black radical tradition and Black History Month, generally, I the, the ruling class uh, works very hard to ensure that Everybody, because I think everyone needs to learn, anyone who's interested in justice, no matter where you are racial in, 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 in terms of your racial bra- background, <laughs> class background, if you're interested in justice and peace, if you do not know about the black radical tradition, if you do not know about the internationalism of people like Du Bois, That's of right. people like Huey Newton, of Assata Shakur, who the New York Post uh, reminded readers uh over the last couple of weeks that she still has a bounty on her head for two million dollars by the FBI. so this is also Put very Obama. real Put exactly Obama. increased by Obama by a million dollars yeah, exactly. so you know people like Asada Shakur like Fred Hampton like Du Bois, they were internationalists so what what can the movement now as we try to build a social democratic project as we try to rebuild? the left in the United States, what can they learn from the black radical traditions, internationalist roots?
2: Yeah, first I think, brother Danny, I would say that, you know, it's very much like Pat Boone stealing from all the black musicians and ended up <laughs> a multimillionaire. You see, when, when when you see something that's just so good and so rich, you want to get in on it, but you, you deodorize it, sanitize it, sterilize it, steal from it, uh, uh, and you end up flattening it out. This is a Pat Boone, he's singing all these black songs, flat as a pancake, you know, but he knew he was going to something rich, which is the greatest modern tradition in the modern world, dealing with catastrophe, but unleashing unbelievable creativity and compassion, which is a Black musical tradition. And that is a component of the Black freedom tradition. There ain't no Black freedom without Black music. And the best of the Black music is rooted in the struggle for Black freedom, see? So that, so it is with, 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 with our great exemplary figures, so that somebody like, see, Brother Corey will go to Fred Hampton because Corey's own rhetorical style is partly rooted in the best of black rhetorical styles of Martin and others. So he takes certain elements of it and then pushes out other elements. You know, so we're going to talk about race, don't want to talk about capitalism. He's being honest. Now, if he said the alternative of socialism was capitalism, you say, Brother Corey, quit lying. You know, you don't believe that. (laughs) that that. That Fred Hampton's not him. He's going to push that aside. You see what I mean? He's tied to, he's tied to You know the, the, the corporate elites and so forth and so on. So you want people to just be honest. You don't want people to be lying. Sometimes you get folk just lying, especially so many of these academic, academic folk these days, these intellectuals these days. They'll say anything for attention. But no, say what you mean to mean what you say. That's the important thing. And when you say what you mean to mean what you say, then people can see how truncated it often is, how narrow it is how sterilized it really is because the black music tradition like the black musical tradition the black radical tradition in politics like the black musical tradition it ain't got no space and time for fakes and phonies and frauds if you're gonna be millie Vanilli, go on and get your two grammys fine sam cook never got one sly stone never got one curtis mayfield never got one who we gonna choose curtis sam sly over millie Vanilli? because we want the real thing just like Black of Gender report it's Ashford and Simpson, it's the real thing but it's cutting so radically against the grain so what you got to do is make sure you don't fake the funk that's the last thing Bootsy and them want to do don't fake the funk, not even one night ever James Brown taught them that, right? so it is with our politics see we're not going to fake the funk of the people's struggle for freedom their preciousness their humanity their genius their creativity even when it's being crushed or killed with the progressive apparatus of the state and therefore which we're going to make sure that it's raw funk keep it out there like betty davis the wife of miles davis she was a raw funk master and she was tied to what the other funk masters were doing, see, and so I, I think we have to just be candid about that, and that's why we need each other in our various contexts. We need each other. I'm listening, reading y'all all the time. See, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by it all the time. I'm I'm, I'm enabled, but all the time, you see. Then I'm in a different context. It got me on CNN whatever. If I'm talking about Israeli occupation on CNN, then you know. For a while, they gonna hold off on me for a while. Then they might okay. bring me back We'll talk about some <laughs> other issue. You got to weave this thing in because you're bringing your whole self in. You see, when you, when you, you and, and in that regard, I think that the uh, the black radical tradition has always been the leaven in the radical democratic loaf. And by radical democratic, I mean the empowerment of those slides Don't call everyday people, whatever form it takes. It, and 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 the socialist project is a is a major one, but it's not the only one you got folk who 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 empower you know in the name of uh, a lot of different kinds of, of of ideologies and so forth, but sooner or later they're going to come to terms with predatory capitalism and empire and patriarchy. Those are the three fundamental ones and homophobia too those are the three fundamental ones you see uh, uh and the beautiful thing is the labor of love that you all have performed in the last. 15 years or so you're starting to see the fruit you're starting to see the fruit among the younger generation some of the older folk waking up because they you know the pandemic is really disclosing just how decayed and how uh, uh oppressive the system really is and it's hard to deny it it's hard to stay in the state of denial in that regard
1: hmm it's uh I'm now now I'm focused on the fact that Sly Stone never won a Grammy. I can't believe that. <laughs> Isn't that pathetic? that oh. Anyway, that's what's sticking in my mind right now. But uh, <laughs> you, you know, you Sly found, got a new
2: album coming out called Destiny. I, 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 we did a song together on it.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Oh, Destiny, well, we'll,
1: yes. have to, we'll have to check brother, that out. Brother um, in L.A. who's working on this. Very good. Very good. But you, uh, you raised the issue of the pandemic of uh, COVID-19, which uh, started to impact this country just about a year ago. Last February, March, the shutdowns began. Now nearly 500,000 dead. Um, Millions of people impacted who've uh, lost their jobs, lost their health insurance, if they had that at all. People facing eviction. A multitude of crises um, have uh, uh, emerged. In the wake of uh, of COVID nineteen, and it tells you a lot about the country. Uh, the fact that our the death toll here is higher than next door in Canada, than European exactly. nations. China is blamed, but only has a hand relative handful of deaths with more than a billion people. I think only five thousand dead, and uh, it says so much about it. But the reaction also says so much about it that. Uh, um, Medicine was politicized and uh, people do or don't wear a mask based on their politics. It's revealed quite a lot about uh, about this country. Excuse me. Unfortunately, Trump was blamed, rightly so. I'm not trying to let him off the hook. That's right. But, But I also believe that this country would have been disproportionately impacted no matter who was president. Absolutely. Because of the systems we've um, been talking about, what um, what do you think about uh, COVID? Of what it says, what it's going to mean for us?
2: Well, it, you know, in many ways, it's it's, it's, it's like the uh, public lynching of Brother Floyd Jr. in, 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 in Minnesota. That it just it, 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 it rips off the veil. Uh, to be able to see the very ugly, barbaric realities of poor and working people in the American empire. And the pandemic was another kind of ripping off of that veil. Uh, and if people are not convinced that the, the Medicare system uh, tied to market-driven uh, profit uh, is not a crime against the American people, you can see it in this pandemic, especially if you go to the chocolate side of the empire. Now, not solely, because I mean each life is is precious, you know what I mean? But when you when you go to the chocolate side of poor and working class peoples and see the devastation of this pandemic, and you're absolutely right. It's not just the neo-fascist gangster Trump, it's not just the Cowardly Republican Party that accommodated himself accommodated himself for so long to his neo-fascist gangsterism, but it's also the neoliberal lies, the neoliberal greed, the neoliberal indifference to poor and working people. You see. And uh, uh, one, one hopes that there is a, a massive awakening that generate multiracial solidarity around the, around this issue. Now, for me, as you know, when you look when you look globally, though I, uh, I mean, as a Christian, for me to have reverence for God is to have irreverence to all human institutions,
1: mm-hmm. so that
2: every flag is under the cross. You see, the cross not under the flag. That's right wing Christianity. You see, that's Constantinian Christianity. That's eighty one percent of the uh, right wing Christians who voted for the neo fascist gangsters. But it means every country. That's so all governments lie all governments have elites that lie. <laughs> even the chinese yes i'm sure when they say five thousand i don't really believe five thousand i think they got more than that now of course you got the the neoliberal folk who want to lie about the chinese <laughs> so you got to deal with these layers of lies you know, in that regard you see so that the uh, uh the same would be true in, in 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 africa same is true in latin america the same is true in in in, in in australia and so forth you see and because all of these countries have various structures of domination that i have a very deep suspicion And this was part of the challenge of du Bois and robeson and others vis-a-vis the soviet union you remember you see how do you remain a freedom fighter against the american empire be in solidarity with decolonization know the soviet union at its best is supporting decolonization but still tell the truth about the soviet union and its domination and its regimentation and repression you see see that's part of the consistency and constancy that's true that, that has remained in place you see so that when you have the uh the u.s empire the chinese empire the Indian empire, Brazil, never really an empire, but trying to move into the center of the historical stage but really not there. India, too. You got to keep that global analysis in place that is also focused on the least of these, focused on the wretched of the earth in their respective empires. And that's, I think, a fundamental challenge, the fundamental challenge
0: that we have. Yeah, I th- I think one of the things that is kind of troubling about this moment is that uh there is a striking o- amongst the left uh a an inability to um respect the self-determination of countries that the United States mm-hmm. is aggressive toward and that this this had a real impact during COVID-19 in my opinion because mm as Vietnam, as China, as Cuba, as Venezuela, as other countries were doing their best to mobilize and organize to contain the pandemic, the United States was actually ratcheting up its uh, aggressive policies towards all of the aforementioned countries. And even to the point of uh, placing sanctions, uh, even more aggressive sanctions on Iran uh, during the summer, on Venezuela, as well, making it so the world can't come together and address this pandemic. I think that kind of narrow and going back to what we were talking about earlier, there's this narrow reactionary nationalism that's being promoted during this pandemic, not just Donald Trump, although he was a huge part of it, but the entire U.S. political system is promoting this very narrow U.S. first, U.S. centric, U.S. exceptionalist. Uh, kind of policy framework and ideological framework. So we cannot learn from countries who did, you know, uh, do it better. And if we learned from other countries who did it better, not just China, Vietnam, or Cuba, but even New Zealand, we would be in a much better situation. So uh, Dr. West, what do you think about this, uh, this kind of narrow politic, narrow political nationalism, which is Uh, impeding, I think, our vision of of what we can do, because I think that has an impact on how we organize a social democratic, a socialist, a a radical political project here.
2: I think one of the crucial things about the Black radical tradition is that it's been jazz-like. It's never so dogmatic that it becomes blinding You got to be improvisational. You got to be protein and flexible enough to learn from the best. So We can learn from the best of the Cuban experiment given the vicious treatment of the United States empire vis-a-vis Cuba. Doesn't mean critiques of Cuba not real. When I went there, and I looked and gave, spoke to the parliament didn't see no black folk. I say, hey, white supremacy got to be operating in some way. <gasps> First of all, you can't say that. we we talking we racism. No, 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 no. Let's just be honest about it. I don't, I'm not saying that in order to prop up the U.S. empire. I'm saying that because I'm concerned about black folk in Cuba. I'm in solidarity with Cuba when Cuba's doing the right thing with health care and so forth and so on. You see, but you still got to challenge racism. Well, well, no. You can't deny it. I've been in a country that's been denying it for hundreds of years. But you're making great strides, especially given the fact that they're trying to crush you,
1: mm-hmm. and they're
2: trying to kill Castro and so forth and so on. And that's what I was raising the point about Robeson mm-hmm. and Du Bois, a vis Soviet Union, Iran, with the same way, right? We, we, we got to be honest about the repression and domination in Iran. At the same time, you recognize that we can learn something from their experiment. We can learn much from how they've come to terms with dealing with the pandemic and so forth. And The the, the distinction between a right to self-determination, which means that they ought not to be invaded, occupied, or pushed off the the face of the earth like they tried to do Libya and so on. But even when you you allow people to have the right to self-determination, you still have the right to engage in critique. Right. Because that's what it has been internationalist. You know what I mean? And that's true anywhere around the world in Latin America and China and so in, in Russia and, and, and what have you. So that you gotta shatter the narrowness. Because you see, when you a jazz like Black Freedom Fighter, you, you like Mary Lou Williams. Mary Lou Williams is playing some folk on Monday. She's playing a Catholic Mass on Sunday. She's playing <laughs> the most beautiful melodies on Wednesdays and on Thursdays, you don't know what she got up her sleeve because she's improvisational, but she pulling from the best no matter what. Now, of course, in the United States, you know, it's just so difficult to get beyond the Amerocentrism, which is the parochialism of so much of the American left. Uh, uh, it's just a, a the narrowness that you talk about. But not only that, but you see, the the American left, uh, at its worst, just suffers from a failure of nerve.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Just scared. You know, you, you raise the issue of the Palestinian cause and vicious treatment of precious Palestinians. Israeli occupation and people say well we can we can be strong on certain issues we don't want to hit that issue. Hey this is not anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic I'll Keep the moral and spiritual standards high but you got to hit it head on. But the cost is so heavy. The cost is so heavy. Well, Robeson was under house arrest. Du Bois was under house arrest. Claudia Jones was sent out of the country. Yes Assad is now Yes, that that's what it is. It, it is a cost. I mean, as a Christian, it's the cost of discipleship. Jesus went straight into the temple. What was the temple? The thing had five. They had five hundred military troops. It was where the bankers were. It was where the intellectuals were. The courts. It was huge, the biggest edifice east of Rome. That's where he went to run out the money changers. Now you don't see that picture of Jesus on any walls of churches. Nope. Mm -mm. not at all why because the cost is too much of the churches themselves of the folk in the churches you see you hardly talk about have that kind of talk in the universities because the cost is too much they got moneyed interest they got donors they got benefactors the political economy that's why people are so scared of marx ain't got nothing to do with his europeanness jewishness coming from the rhineland He's hitting the political economy that sits at the very center of the greed and the lies and the contempt and the hatred. That's why the Black radical tradition has always been in close conversation with Karl Marx. Not that he understood everything, but he starts exactly where the source is. And that is a fundamental challenge. And that's true for any. You know, for, for any, any empire, you start right where the elite are rooted in reproducing themselves economically, socially, ideologically, religiously, and then boom, here comes Jesus. Run these motherfuckers out. <laughs> now, I mean, I'm not using Jesus as a model for a political organization. I'm talking about integrity, courage, and willingness to take a risk that's the crucial thing and we got a whole lot of black brothers and sisters in the black radical tradition who was running money changers out of the temple and some of those changers are black
0: uh,
1: yes
2: running them out too now by running them out what i mean is fundamental accountability fundamental answerability they taking responsibility and then making sure that the poor and the working class people who will suffer as a result of their greed and silence are able to live lives of decency and dignity.
1: Yeah, it's so important what what you just said about the uh, failure of uh, nerve, the lack of nerve on the left. I've thought about this since January 6th, since the Capitol riot. Oh yeah. And I've thought about the fact that you couldn't get, it would be hard, we'd be hard pressed to get a similar number of people in Washington. I'm not saying to do the same thing, but even to go and protest, even to be heard. Now, we did see it last year. You talked about George Floyd and how the killing reverberated around the country, around the world.
2: Right, that's right.
1: Um, and uh, But for I think for a variety of reasons, um, that energy dissipated. I think it was the election. I think electoral politics sucks a lot of energy Uh, out of our movement. But uh, I would hope that people don't have to be killed by the police in order for the left to be in movement and uh, to get some of that nerve. uh, We need some of that spirit of defiance that um, uh, people who we otherwise don't agree with, uh, some of that spirit of wanting to uh, impact the system to make a change that we want to see. We need to have that uh, on on our side as well. But it seems That's to be so harder.
2: But you know, my dear sister Margaret, I felt that in an intense way when I was down in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. That we were we, there. We right up in front, just inches away from these uh, just dead up sick. Neo-fascist KKK brothers. And when I looked in their eyes, I saw the joylessness, I saw the hatred. But one thing I did see was they were willing to die. Mm -hmm. They had the guns, they had the mask on, they had the ammunition, they had the security. And you see, that kind of courage I identify with. They just happen to be thugs and gangsters Mm -hmm. with the wrong cause if we had on the left courageous folk willing to fight and die like that for radical democracy for empowering the poor people for fundamental transformation it's a different situation see they got over a thousand white supremacist militia groups in america they ready to die because you know, courage is ideologically promiscuous, right? It'll lie with anything, anybody. <laughs> you can have courageous Nazi soldiers, thugs to the core, but they're willing to die. Japanese fascists, ready, ready to die. You see, we have to have on the left, and this is what we've had in the Black radical tradition. turn Turner, Gabriel of these folk ain't, they ain't living in vain. They ain't scared. And Martin Luther King Jr. used to say, What? I'd rather be dead than afraid. Sister Mary Ellen Pleasant, you know, the first black uh, multi, multi millionaire in California who gave John Brown almost a million dollars in 1857. He had the note in his pocket from her saying, I gave you more money when he was executed. She used to say every speech, I'd rather be a corpse than afraid. That's the kind of commitment we're talking about. That's what has kept the black radical tradition alive. So when you saw those gangsters move on January 6th, they ready to throw down. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: That spirit must be one that left his half, as you rightly say, not for that particular kind of event and so forth, but a life lived. Mm -hmm. See, that's a moral and a spiritual question you see if you don't have that that kind of commitment you're going to sell out pretty quick you're going to cave in too fast you're going to give up too prematurely you see what I mean so the question becomes how do you keep that and our problem has been that black success has been the model for even many of our young activists so when Obama is projected on the same shirt as Martin and Malcolm and Fannie Lou, you say, hey, wait a minute. Y'all got this thing so twisted up, <laughs> you gonna think that somehow he's part of their tradition. He's not. He's a neoliberal, milquetoast, centrist, moderate politician who was the black face of the American empire who killed US citizens without trial and dropped 20,000 bombs every year he's gonna put, put him on the same shirt as malcolm and martin so we, we we get it all twisted with our young folk so in the end they ready to fight and die for deep freedom they're willing to be highly ambitious a lot of energy for success so that you got to get people to see things more clearly you see them I mean? then they get cultivated in their heart's mind and soul then they're ready to act courageously it would be like if all jazz musicians would do is study kenny g as the highest expression of playing the saxophone his sound ain't got the dignity of cold train and i love kenny g's music because i like all kind of different music but he knows and i know it ain't train it ain't ben webster it ain't charlie parker something else is going on you got to make sure your exemplars actually enact and embody the live-and-die orientation. Now, see, we used to sing a song in church, say, uh, I keep so busy working for the kingdom, keep so busy working for the kingdom, ain't got time to die, spend all my time serving, spend all my time fighting, spend all my time telling the truth, I ain't got time to die. We need more, ain't got time to die, black people. Because you're so busy working. That's black agenda Report." y'all so busy working you ain't got time to die even though you're gonna die and i'm gonna die to everybody. but you <laughs> see the point i'm making mean, yes that, that, that shows the depth and the scope of your commitment and your convictions that's what we don't have enough of on the left and we got to tell a story about why that's so yeah. we got to tell a story about why we don't have enough folks who are willing to live and die and it's partly because The comfort and convenience takes over people looking for security people looking for status people looking for spectacle people looking for their image people looking for how they project themselves that ain't got nothing to do with live and die kind of black black folk you see not at all i'm sorry
0: to go on so long though (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) Um, well, you know, we have about ten minutes left, but I wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts on a parallel that I'm seeing. So, you know, we had this toxic political soup during the Obama period, yes. where the black condition actually worsened, but uh, the majority of black people saw that, uh, believed that their conditions economically and politically were actually being raised. Uh, after a period of, uh, of the normalization of war and austerity, we saw the Sanders phenomenon, this insurgency, this social democratic trend uh, kind of uh, be born out of, I I would say, the bowels of what was produced during the Obama period. Uh, Now I see something also troubling, and and it kind of mirrors this uh, personality over politics that I think uh, is a reflection of the black misleadership class. But I think the the, the entire political apparatus promotes it. And uh, right now, there's a huge debate, I- even among those who committed a lot to Bernie Sanders and uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez and the squad, for example. And some of them are saying that they are that their personalities are now becoming larger than life, and there have been all these calls to hold them accountable on things that they have said that they will fight for. So what do you think about this? And, and how can we, because I think part of this is ha- what's missing is both, I mean, what's present is the fear, of course, and the, the careerism but what's missing is both courage and also how to think about the world. That's what Karl Marx and a lot of the philosophers and the revolutionaries of the black radical tradition were also very very interested in. How do you think about the situation that we are in so we can best chart a course of political action and organization that makes sense and that can actually uh, bring real tangible victories to people because I say it all the time, people can want medicare for all, but if they don't have the courage because they don't feel like it can happen, you're going to have a hard time building that same energy that you saw at the capitol on January 6th among people that we need to be organizing working class people poor people uh black americans who are disproportionately affected by class warfare and by racist state terror so what do you how do you what do you think about and how do you think about this uh, kind of emerging i see kind of a fissure in this social democratic uh, we could call it an uprising, but this trend towards uh, wanting and, and desiring a better life and in, in, with policies like Medicare for all and wanting a real new deal kind of scenario. But seeing that under these circumstances, it may be very difficult to get that as under the political arrangement that we have right now.
2: Well, this is again, we're breaking, breaking the, uh, the corporate du- duopoly that you all have talked about with such insight. It becomes very important. Uh, now that, you know, that's easier said than done, but there has to be some massive disruptions of the routine of the neoliberal politicians and the neoliberal democratic party. The neoliberal, the neoliberal democratic parties, the corporate wing, especially they're trying to more and more colonize and domesticate the progressive wing to bring them in as the fig leaf in the same way identity politics and diversity put the black folk up front send the brilliant sister to the un to justify u.s imperial policy. put the beautiful black man head of the pentagon to justify war crimes all around the world have the vice president be this beautiful black woman who's following these neoliberal policies you see so you have to disrupt that and you're disrupted by voices but most mainly disrupted by bodies because when you don't have the big money all you have is the people and their energies and their needs and their desires and their sensibilities you see and and this is where uh you know you you got to hit the street you got to go to jail this is what martin and others are, are very right it, it's it, it's it's the last it's the last resort now beyond that you end up with rebellions now we're not calling for rebellions because that's just an occasion for the repressive apparatus to come back and attack our brothers and sisters viciously but it's going to spill over to that no Mm -hmm. doubt about it as long as the hemorrhaging is taking place you see but there has to be the connection between police power police crimes wall street power wall street crimes pentagon power pentagon crimes if you lose that connection then you end up with a highly isolated incrementalism that ends up not radical at all. It's a very weak kind of reform. Now, weak reform can still be a concession, but we have to understand for what it is.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, uh, But let us always remember though that, you know, history is unpredictable, unpredictable. You don't know when these elites greed is going to lead toward them running up against the wall. They already got ecological catastrophe staring at them. You know what I mean? You got nuclear catastrophe is always a threat. How long can the grotesque wealth inequality? How long can the shattering of communities and families and all of the nihilism that often goes with that in terms of drugs and alcohol and loss of self-confidence and so forth, so that we have to always keep the various elements connected in our analysis of empire, predatory capitalism, and, 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 and the, uh, how white and male supremacy operate. But it's here and around the world because, you know, there's no safe place. There's no pure place to run as if we can go somewhere else in another country and think that they have all the good stuff. They've got good and bad, and you tease out the good and you're critical of the bad. And what will they, the world look like when the American empire finally undergoes its massive decay and, and decline and begins to, to die in a more concrete way? We don't know the answer to that. We just don't know. We, we hope that some kind of radical democratic project can emerge so that we, uh, you know, preserve the best in terms of rights and liberties. Right now our very liberties are being, are being attacked. You know they trying to get a lot of left voices off the internet they trying to get yeah. back a gender report off the internet is that
1: right well we've uh we've already experienced some of that uh yeah uh the russiagate fraud began and we were on Absolutely. this list of prop or not list of people who were too friendly to russia and we saw this decline um us and uh uh many other groups too now they're just kicking people off now man. they're just kicking folks so we yeah. got to
2: defend your right to raise your voice and that's just within the liberal political establishment of, of fighting for liberties you see you know what i
1: mean yeah and same yeah. Yeah. with my own
2: voice you know
1: yeah so thanks for nothing uh thanks for nothing <laughs> Liberals, i guess is is uh is the way we can describe it but uh i want to uh thank you we're almost uh out of, uh, of time, but I, I just wanted to uh, uh, amplify what you said about the unpredictability. Everybody wants to, of course, it's comforting to think that uh, we know what's going to happen, That's right. but uh, we're living in the collapse. You know, People Absolutely. seem to think that it's going to be like a science fiction movie and there will be some event. We're living with it. We're seeing it uh, in real Absolutely. time. But I I think, as you've been saying, um, we have to be truthful about it. At the very least, uh, we have to talk about what we are seeing and be in solidarity with others. And uh, that's why we're so appreciative of you, because you are always in solidarity with the truth-tellers.
2: The wretched of the earth in every corner of the globe, no matter which empire they're in, we are in solidarity based on moral and spiritual sensibilities. No matter how secular you are, it's just... You love poor people, no matter who they are. I mean, love in the sense of concerned about it, care about mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? You love working people. You know, you don't hate the rich, but you know that the basic tendency is to view life as a gold rush and worship the golden calf. And that leads toward the worst. No, we got something grander. We talking about a love, we talking about a justice, we talking about a sweetness, and we talking about beauty and style the black radical tradition like the black musicians got a lot of style given all their commitment to fighting for freedom fred hampton that brother had style put a smile on donny hathaway's face the way he walked and talked so it was not just the politics it was the politics and that black style and that substance of revolutionary change And that fortitude and his willingness to live and die for precious everyday people—he's not the only one. I mean, we we got Eric, and we can go on and on and on. I say the same thing about Sister Margaret. I say the same thing about Brother Danny. I say the same thing about Brother Glenn and the others. Even as we wrestle with how we analyze and have our critiques of various nations and so forth, in the end. We go down swinging like Ella Fitzgerald Muhammad Ali. They're going to have to crush us because we're going to be swinging. It don't mean a thing. (laughs) Got that swing. And that swing got a sting in it. Poof. Ideological, analytical, spiritual, moral, political, collective. Ooh, we got swing. You ain't lying. We are swinging people with the blues improvisation and strong backs, this thing.
0: Well, I really wanna thank you and I'm sure Mm -hmm. Margaret shares the same sentiment for coming and sharing this live hour with us. Uh, You know, indeed solidarity is one of the most precious weapons in this struggle. And that includes solidarity with independent media that is facing the onslaught of repression. I actually, uh, real quick, uh, when I was uh, asked for articles um, recently from Black Agenda Report, I searched my name on Google and you find that Black Agenda Report is actually not even the first. I've written for Black Agenda Report for nearly weekly for uh, almost eight years now, yet. It was not at the top of the Google uh, search page because of the last few years, we've seen this repression of the algorithms and it's building up to straight mm-hmm. censorship of take deep platforming and using the white nationalist uh, escalation in the United States as a proxy to to suppress us. So we have to be very careful and support all of our work um, here that we're doing. So if you're here on this channel right now, subscribe and like, and you can of course donate in the description. There are plenty of places to do so. But again, Dr. West, thank you so much for coming. Uh, what, what are you up to these days anyway? Like what, what are you up to? If you wanna just give a little bit about what, what's no, going on? I'm just trying to
2: teach. And uh, uh, well, we got you know we got this Grammy nomination with Brother Arturo Faro, Afro Latin Jazz Orchestra for question with Du Bois, how shall integrity face oppression? What is, what what does decency do in the face of a uh, 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 insult? What does courage do in the face of brute force? Uh, and, and 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 the voice raises this question in his novel, The Ordeal of Manzar. So I use that at the center of the spoken word of this Cornel West concerto that he wrote, and it's called now Four Questions. And so we've been doing that all around the country. We did it at the Apollo, we did it at Birdland and so forth and so on. I'm also, I got to give the Gifford lectures in Scotland uh, uh, in, a, in a couple of years. So I'm working on that as well. I'm teaching full time at the same time, having a good time. And I can't get on the plane, you know, so I'm running like <laughs> a chicken with my head cut off sitting in the same chair because Aren't it, we it's all? one <laughs> podcast after the other, you know what I mean? Uh, protect yeah, your back. Yeah. That's what I that's my yeah. advice
0: to everybody. <laughs> Always fighting
2: and fighting fighting fight Harvard too. You know, Harvard is a, it's a ruling class institution with all of its uh, uh blind spots and its ties now to the neoliberals, over 100 folk on their way to, to DC thinking they walking down the yellow brick road to freedom just because they got a job and don't realize they're just walking right into neoliberal greed and neoliberal lies and crime. So you have to be critical in the midst of that kind of um, a Harvard connection with the neoliberal celebration. You all see this all the time, the sense of uh, mm-hmm. being so overwhelmed by uh, Biden, given his war crimes of mass incarceration, invasion, occupation of Iraq, and unleashing a Wall Street greed with the repeal of Glass-Steagall. And uh, we can go on and on and on. So you have to tell those truths in your own context. And then continually stay in conversation with others. But see, we're talking to you all. You know, it's 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 an empowerment to know that you cutting so radically against the grain in terms of uh, highlighting the plight of poor people uh, 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 and, and working people. And uh, and we push each other. You know what I mean? Yes. We yes,
0: we we,
2: sure. we we push each other. We just want to be consistent with anybody who is suffering. And how do we understand what they're up against and how they can overcome it? And uh, and these days, where things are so polarized and gangsterized and balkanized, everybody got their little issue in their little silo and think they're so radical. You say now, you up against systems. You are gonna need solidarities across nation, across race, across gender, right? But it's gonna be rooted first and foremost at least for me on the chocolate side of town you see you can ask me to play beethoven but you're going to hear some Train in my saxophone rendition of beethoven that's what i'm bringing to the performance you see what i mean
1: roll and over they, beethoven roll
2: over the beatles that right exactly <laughs> our working class white brothers brothers the beatles coming out of liverpool Grounded in the genius of Delta, Mississippi. Robert Johnson, Sunhouse, and the others, they were very explicit about that. Roll over, Beethoven. Well, no, Beethoven's genius. He got something to say. We can listen to Ninth Symphony. We can listen to Opus 131. It's profound. But if I got to play it, you're going to hear some James Cleveland up in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're going to hear some Aretha up in there in terms of the version and the take. And the rift that i'm gonna put in there because that's got to be true to who i am Yeah. and that's the way you stay empowered so when they put you in the grave and the way the worms get ready for your body they say he was all the way live just like the funk masters from dayton ohio there you go he, he was <laughs> yeah. all the way live till the end that's the black <laughs> radical tradition at its best
1: Thank you. And thank you for visiting my my dad's hometown. (laughs) (laughs) My my cousins will be happy.
0: (laughs) Thank
1: you. Thank you so much, Dr. No, I love y'all. Yeah, thank you. you. Yeah, take
0: care. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining.
1: Peace
2: out. Peace out. Brother Danny, sister Margaret.